Hi, this is Julie. You know, the barn here at Dream Farm could have just been a place for storing up unrequited longing and pain. Because at one time, I was dominated by paralyzing performance anxiety that kept me running away from the stage. Then I learned to overcome and share my music and gifts freely. Now everything here is designed to touch the dreams of our listeners and inspire you. So why not go to dreamfarmradio.org and sign up for our free weekly episodes and inspiration. We've got something special from the farm for you and your kids. I've released a breakthrough adventure book for kids 10 to 14 and adults. Mrs. Amazing in the Seed is all about a wacky family that refuses to be stifled. In a world of threatening conformity, they dare to think differently and risk everything to explore the mystical realm of wonder. This book will entertain and encourage you. Visit dreamfarmradio.org to watch the video and learn more. Please hang a moon up and tune up the cellos for here come the dreamers. Tell all the fellows to varnish their trumpets, butter the crumpets and garnish the cellos. Let us get to it and do it upright. Welcome the dreamers with all. Welcome to Dream Farm Radio. My name is Julie Lavender, and I'm sitting in my family's lovely historic home overlooking the rolling New Hampshire fields of Dream Farm. I'm inviting you to drive down the country road of your imagination and join us right here in our barn with its soaring posts and beams and its panoramic view of the countryside. Today we'll welcome fantastic, independent, eclectic jazz musicians to play live music for us, share their recordings, and talk about what inspires them. We'll touch their dreams as we open our ears and our hearts, listening intently to the fresh jazz expressions they unleash. And you never know, Dream Farm Radio just might inspire you to fulfill a creative passion or two of your very own. Welcome, everyone. Today in the barn with me is a wonderful guitarist by the name of John Muratore. Did I say that correctly? Yes. Do you need to roll the R? Muratore? Depends what country you're in, but yeah. we're in New Hampshire, so it's okay. Well, John is a phenomenal classical guitarist, and that I have a soft spot in my heart because that's what I attempted to do and be and got great training in it, and it changed the way I played and thought about music and provided a way for me to express myself with some technique. But John really does it uh, with excellence on uh, a very high level. He's a fantastic Boston-area player who's played with symphonies as well as on a lot of solo concerts and and uh, smaller groups, and he's played in the U.S. and Canada, France, Russia, Italy, Austria. Did I cover them all, John? It's been quite a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. But, you know, to me, the credentials are all in your little fingers, and you have got some serious chops there, John. Thank you. So welcome to the farm. Great to be back. Yes, you were here with... Uh, Roberto Casan. Roberto Casan, and tell us about that. Well, that's a duo that... Is an ongoing project. We're still. We just had a gig the other day, as a matter of fact, and uh, we're working on our second CD, mm-hmm. accordion and guitar. Tango, a lot of. A lot of the tango. We're trying to get away from too much of that because that seems to be all we're playing lately. But we're doing more Brazilian music now. Some other classical uh, Spanish pieces that were adapted from piano. Mm-hmm. So we're always looking for new ideas. Well, see, that's to, and I heard some of those flavors in your music that made you part of my world here because I do eclectic-oriented jazz. I bring that in, and so in tango, and I heard some of those sounds. And we were talking after you know the show a few months 
later about what in the jazz repertoire is similar to what's in the classical guitar repertoire, right? Right, right. And I think because the guitar is a chameleon-like instrument, uh, it crosses lots of boundaries. Uh, both the people who play the guitar and the instrument itself has been used in so many different styles of music that having those influences cross over each other, have classical players playing pieces that sound like jazz and jazz players playing with classical technique or doing classical kinds of uh, lines mm -hmm. and textures within their playing, it, it happens... I want to have, obviously, it happens naturally in piano as well. A lot of jazz pianists are classically trained, mm -hmm. et cetera. But uh, especially 20 and 21st century music has a lot of outside influences in, the, in jazz, particularly, uh, as we'll see in some of the pieces that are played today. Well, why don't we get right to that then? Uh, you wanted to play a piece and sort of lead us up to it to show us how jazz is related to this uh, classical piece. Yeah, so this, when you think of jazz, People think of improvisation, but the elements that are present here are really the harmony uh, and the and the progressions. So the two five one progression mm -hmm. is something that's all over jazz yeah. music, and that's how this piece starts. I'm not playing the piece, but I'm playing the, the progressions. So that's what he's based this piece on, and also um, a lot of recurring cycles of intervals of fourths, which okay. is a, a, another common and, and the name element. of the piece is? The piece is Romantico, and it's by Astor Piazzolla. Piazzolla, okay. Well, and who would you like to dedicate this to? Uncle Angelo, maybe? Uncle Angelo <laughs> Malozzi, yes. My first teacher, and I'm sure he's listening. Because he got somewhere. you to dig jazz. All right, let's hear this for Uncle Angelo.
That was really lovely, John. Thank you. So do you feel like a jazz guitarist when you play that, or do you feel like a classical guitarist? Well, I... I, I do you imagine I, I feel like I'm listening. Jazz. I feel like I might be listening to a jazz guitarist, but I feel like a classical guitarist. So I get the <laughs> best you, of both worlds. That's there. exactly right. Well, as you said, uh, jazz guitarists are really borrowing a lot of technical um, uh, skill from classical studies these days. Right? That's that's true. P- people playing uh, finger style, as they say, jazz, which is, of course, classical guitar is always finger style. Um, some people they take it even further and use a lot more of the techniques of classical guitar. Right. So you guys, uh, you players, you jazz and classical players are really learning a lot from each other. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we're going to hear how the jazz sounds really are, are influencing classical repertoire as we um, continue with the show. But I think we're going to take a break now. But I want everyone to know that this is John Moratore, who is playing classical guitar here at Dream Farm. And you are listening to Dream Farm Radio. I'm Julie Lavender, and we're going to take a short break. Thank you. 
This is Julie. You know, the barn here at Dream Farm could have just been a place for storing up unrequited longing and pain. Because at one time, I was dominated by paralyzing performance anxiety that kept me running away from the stage. Then I learned to overcome and share my music and gifts freely. Now everything here is designed to touch the dreams of our listeners and inspire you. So why not go to dreamfarmradio.org and sign up for our free weekly episodes and inspiration. We've got something special from the farm for you and your kids. I've released a breakthrough adventure book for kids 10 to 14 and adults. Mrs. Amazing in the Seed is all about a wacky family that refuses to be stifled. In a world of threatening conformity, they dare to think differently and risk everything to explore the mystical realm of wonder. This book will entertain and encourage you. Visit dreamfarmradio.org to watch the video and learn more. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Julie Lavender, and you're listening to Dream Farm Radio, and my guest today is John Muratore, classical guitarist, who is showing us how jazz has influenced classical guitar repertoire, right? Yes, and one of the first people I came across that really explored this uh, in a compositional way was the guitarist Frederick Hand from, from New York, who I ended up studying with a little bit when I was at New England Conservatory. He did a series of master classes there, mm-hmm. and I went to New York to to work with him a bit as well and really got into some of his his music, particularly his trilogy, that each of the three movements is dedicated to a different jazz artist. First movement is dedicated to Chick Corea, second movement, Bill Evans, and then uh, the third is Dave Brubeck. Wow. And the uh, so the second movement is the one I'm going to play now, and it is uh, based, or it's an homage to, to Bill Evans, the great jazz pianist, some say the greatest jazz pianist of the later 20th century, uh, he definitely influenced many, many, many jazz mm-hmm. players, not, not only pianists, and uh, with his expanded sense of harmony and his beautiful melodic lines, whether he was improvising or whether he was playing just melody, uh, just a totally classic uh, sound. Well, I thought it might be fun to hear a little bit of Bill Evans himself and then see what hand the composer did Uh, as an homage to him. So let's hear a bit of, what is this? This is uh, a bit of a tune called Gary's Theme, which was written by Bill Evans with his trio. Let's hear a little bit of this. Thank you. 
Well, I'm really intrigued to hear how Frederick Hand decided to uh, create a piece to honor Bill Evans' work. What are we going to hear in this? Well, you hear a lot of the same kinds of harmonies, a lot of uh, those minor ninth uh, configurations, and also uh, very interesting chord voicings. I could just, the, the opening uh, strains of the uh, Frederick Hand piece. <laughs> expanded harmony there and it is also a mood which I really can't put my finger on exactly that's created within this piece that is a similar feel for what uh, Bill Evans was doing with some of his ballads. Wonderful. Well why don't you play that for us? to think that Bill Evans would be really honored by that, don't you? I think so. Yes. I would hope so. And tell me about this next uh, piece that is dedicated to Brubeck. Yes, an entirely different mood, much more energetic, very rhythmical, and based on uh, Brubeck's Blue Rondo a la Turk, 
which for those of you goes who don't something remember, like <laughs> has that. which is in 9-8 time uh, and although there's a, a swing blues thing in the middle mm-hmm. of that that keeps being juxtaposed and so Fred Hand took this uh, that idea and transformed it into something I think the opening uh, meter is 12-16 but it's <laughs> So that's his reinterpretation his on, wow. on, on, on the Brubeck. And then that is a, an anchor for the piece. It keeps coming back in various guises. And uh, it's a very well-written piece and has other features that uh, quote jazz ideas and, and, and concepts. For example, this, there's the idea of the swinging eighth notes. Which Inst- is like Instead what? of playing... Uh, well, that's swinging. That would just be straight. Be straight. straight yeah, ahead. so you can hear the swing. So yeah. Da, 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 da. Cool. This is one section in there that you can almost hear the drummer playing. Great. Well, why don't you play it for us and see if we can pick out all these little jazz elements.
John, it's a delight to hear you play that. All the music that you play, you're just a fine, fine guitarist. What a treat to have you here. And Frederick Hand, wow, he really... He he got a lot into that piece, and there's a lot to get out of it. Yeah, and the jazz, again, influencing the classical. I love it. And I hope people could hear and, and kind of gather that to themselves as they... You know, went outside the what they think of as jazz, you know. Yeah, or what they think of as classical. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Do it to us again. Blow our minds one more time in this segment with something else that that goes into the jazz world. Well this uh there's a one of the bagatelles by William Walton that were written for Julian Bream back around nineteen seventy. And the third one called Alacubana is uh it's very rhythmical, so it has kind of almost a Latin feel, hence the title, Alacubana. And, uh, but there are also lots of jazz sounds, a lot of uh, intervals of sevenths, and a lot of those same kinds of chord progressions mm-hmm. of, uh, of fourths and the two five ones. Well, lay it on me, man, with, with your bag, your bagatelle. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> was the Walton Bagatelle. Which one was that? Number three, Alacubana. Alacubana. What's the most jazzy part of that, do you think? Well, the most identifiable, the thing you put your finger on, would be this progression where you have... So that's again that's that's a series of, of, of fourths and a progression. And there are a lot of sevenths in the opening with the harmonic, but those are all Yeah, he broke them apart and make it and made it a leap of a melody instead of just a seventh and a chord, right? Right, right. And then there's a little percussion business in there that helps to keep the rhythm going as well. That's very cool. Very cool. Well, do you think there's any chance that you'll you'll jump ship from classical and wind up in solely in in jazz ever? Probably not. <laughs> but you don't <laughs> need to because you can bring it with you, right? Yeah, I like having some of some of both worlds. Yeah, isn't together. that great? Yeah. 
Isn't that great? You can go just about anywhere. You can even do country with a guitar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, um, tell us about your latest CD. My latest CD is probably the least jazz-oriented one of the ones I've done so far, but it's, it's called Favoritas. And uh, the idea behind it is a series of some of the favorite classical guitar pieces, some of the standards of the repertoire. Mm -hmm. So favorites of classical guitar fans, but also some favorites of mine that aren't necessarily on the top 10 list of favorites. But there's some Tariga, there's some Soar, uh, there's some uh, Villalobos. Oh yeah, Villa Lobos, my personal favorite. Well listen, John is going to come back and share more special favorite music with us in just a few minutes. I'm Julie Lavender, you're listening to Dream Farm Radio. We'll be right back with John Moratore. This is Julie. You know, the barn here at Dream Farm could have just been a place for storing up unrequited longing and pain. Because at one time, I was dominated by paralyzing performance anxiety that kept me running away from the stage. Then I learned to overcome and share my music and gifts freely. Now everything here is designed to touch the dreams of our listeners and inspire you. So why not go to dreamfarmradio.org and sign up for our free weekly episodes and inspiration. We've got something special from the farm for you and your kids. I've released a breakthrough adventure book for kids 10 to 14 and adults. Mrs. Amazing in the Seed is all about a wacky family that refuses to be stifled. In a world of threatening conformity, they dare to think differently and risk everything to explore the mystical realm of wonder. This book will entertain and encourage you. Visit dreamformradio.org to watch the video and learn more. 
Welcome back, everyone. I'm Julie Lavender, and you're listening to Dream Farm Radio. And I've got John Monatori here, who's a classical guitarist. Phenomenal. Thank you. So glad that you're here. And we're exploring how classical guitar repertoire is very influenced by jazz music, uh, especially in contemporary times, right? Would you say? Especially? Yes, yeah. I mean, this, in older music, you hear, in, well, I say older, earlier 20th mm-hmm. century mm-hmm. music, you hear some influences of, of the harmonic structures in mm-hmm. jazz, but in later 20th century and more contemporary music, uh, it's more infused with a lot of the jazz language. It is, and I find that that's happening across different genres, uh, not only in relationship to classical music, but pop, you know, mm-hmm. can be very influenced by jazz and, and um, you know, ethnic music and jazz. Mixing the two of those is a big thing right yeah, now. Yeah, and with classical music as well. Mm-hmm. Like Gershwin, classic, you know, that was jazz that... Mm-hmm. that influenced him so much. Um, and, uh, of course, there are some phenomenal influences that singers like to borrow from when, when you're talking about um, jazz and guitar. Jobim was a phenomenal um, guitarist. Father of bossa nova. Well, there you go. We can't get any better than that. And I was wondering if maybe we could collaborate on something that he wrote, and you could pull out your that classical be, chops. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I love someone to light up my life. It's a great tune. As are so many of Jobim's tunes, they're all so singable. They get stuck in your head, and the harmonies are so beautiful. But uh, yeah, I would love to do it. Great. Well, let's see if you can wrap your hands around this, and I'll try to wrap my voice around it. And we'll do the Jobim piece, Someone to Light Up My Life.
beautiful song to play with you so much fun and i loved how i could just throw something at you that was difficult and you put a little thought into it but basically come in here and just opened it up gave it your own spin i love it thank you thank you i have to say i borrowed a few ideas from this brazilian guitarist named romero lubombo who was uh just a beautiful guitarist and uh heard some of the things he had done with this piece wow thank you very much for playing with me you know, I would like to um, give you lots of time to talk about this next piece, Green Sleeves, because it's really, really um, encompassing so many jazz sounds. Tell us about it and who arranged it and how you have engaged with this music. Yes, well, this is a, an arrangement by one of my favorite people and favorite guitarists, uh, Gene Bertoncini, who is a, lives in New York, lifelong New Yorker, and uh, started playing guitar at a very young age and got into jazz, uh, studied a little bit with Johnny Smith, the late Johnny Smith, and but really has created his own his own style. Tends to play mostly classical guitar, nylon string guitar, jazz uh, in a classical way, using his fingers, holding it like a classical guitarist. But this does phenomenal improvisations, phenomenal arrangements, um, an expansion of harmonies that uh, wouldn't ever come to to me in my head, but just the things that just when you think he's gone as far as one can go he goes a little bit further mm. as you hear each each of these recurring stanzas of green sleeves uh, are more and more uh they're beautiful and yet unexpected and the, some of the harmonies just kind of light up the whole sky you know behind it and the uh there are so many versions of green sleeves and so many ways people are trying to jazz it up uh but this one to me is just uh, just amazing. It's a real piece in itself. And I've gotten to know Gene pretty well over the years. Uh, and, and he sent me the copy, uh, his original copy of it, with all of his scrawling and all his working out all Which the chords. Which is what you just pulled up on the stand, right? You were pulling out yeah, the Yeah, and, and you know, it's, not, uh, it's not like he just sits down and says, oh, I think I like the way that sounds. I mean, he really thinks about these things. He can, he can tell you how to harmonize one note 14 different ways mm. right off the top of his head. 
And he does. I've seen him do that with students too. And for people who don't know what that means to harmonize a note. Yeah. So he'll he'll say, okay, here's E. Okay. So he says, if it's the root, what is it? It's an E. Okay. Make it now the uh, flat nine. Mm-hmm. You know. Make it the sharp nine. <laughs> you know. Make it the. You know. So and one go note on, just go, changes go on and on, meaning. And that's just one note in the chord. Right. <laughs> and so he has this encyclopedic. So kind imagine of line. if you take an entire melody and you take each note of that melody and you say, "I'm going to reharmonize." Right, and that's that, what you, you hear know? happening in some of the, some of these sections of Green Sleeves, uh, and it's so much fun to listen to and, and such an honor to play. And apparently, Gene's quite a humble guy, huh? He is. He's very humble. Uh, he can bring this music right out of the universe and go all these places with it, and and still wonder if it sounded good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, How was that? How was that? He always asks it. <laughs> well, would you like to honor him by playing his version yes, of this? Yes, I would. As often as possible, I'm going to do it right now. Okay. This is uh, Green Sleeves Arranged by Gene Bertoncini.
gorgeous, John, gorgeous. Thank you. And I'm begging you, please play the one that sounds like Satie. That's Walton Bagatelle. One, what? The second Bagatelle. Okay, go play Waltz. that. I want to hear it. John, thank you for playing this piece for me. I love it, and I love your work. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm really enjoying the the, the classical jazz vibe that you brought into my barn. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for having me. And John is at johnmuratore.com. Spell it. It's M-U-R-A-T-O-R-E. Dot com. Dot com. You can thank find you everything there. so much for sharing your music with us. Thank you for having me. When you a dream well you For photos of the farm, show information, or to learn about becoming a sponsor, visit dreamfarmradio.com, where you can sign up to receive free weekly episodes of our program. Dream Farm Radio is produced by Don Richardson at mlcrecording.com. Thanks for listening. Every dreamer needs someone.
touch their dreams. There were bells on the hill, but I never heard them ringing. No, I never. There was love 